today on Learn Me Something. Forbidden Places versus Self-Surgery. I healed. Uh, so the, the punishment was I had to <laughs> jump in a cold body of water, but I decided to just take a, a warm bath instead. <laughs> so, uh... Let me, let me show you my view really fast. It just looks like I'm a, just a man taking a bath. <laughs> but I promise I dumped 16 pounds of ice in here. And uh, I gotta get lower. Yeah, really? <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is your second punishment where you've gotten really squealy because yeah. of a heat. Yeah, the last one was heat. Also, it looks like in this video that I'm not wearing a swimsuit. <laughs> He is. He is wearing a swimsuit. Okay. Okay, I'm starting to get numb. I'm starting to love it. I'm starting to love it. Oh. I'm pretty comfortable out I do, here. I do, uh, it, this is very different, a different vibe than those like professional athletes that take ice baths. That's like cool when they do it. Yeah, cool and they're like, the time. oh yeah, cool my muscles. But I'm just like a big, it's just a big naked man in a bathtub. <laughs> We should make that the title of this episode. <laughs> Big naked man in a bathtub. Okay, this hurts. How long do I have to be in here? I don't know. I think we, I said a couple minutes. We didn't technically give any rules. Yeah, so I lost the last punishment. Chance did a great job, but people loved the uh, auto, auto race of 1908. The great 1908 auto race. Okay. Yeah, uh... I can say this because it's Chaz, <laughs> but he was the first guest host to lose. And also the... The third guest host? Yeah. Well, fourth if you include the other time he did it. Is this bad for you? No, actually, I've heard it's very healthy. Why? Um, it wakes up your nerves or something. Okay. And, oh, no, it activates your immune system. Oh. Gets things moving real quick. Yeah, I'm feeling, uh, feeling healthier already. And it rushes all the blood to your essential organs, so okay. you'll feel better there once okay. you can feel your extremities again. Yeah. Okay, well, um... I think I'm okay letting you get out now. Okay, thank you. Because <laughs> I feel like you're about to pass out. Okay, transition time. Here we go. And... Ah! Well, we'll just run it. We'll just see what happens. Am I red? <laughs> oh, yeah. It didn't, uh... I wish it was higher, but that's okay. <laughs> Jeez, that hurts. <laughs> Shake it out. Michael Phelps it. Okay, well, while he's getting ready, um, we are going to cut here, and the next time you hear my voice on this episode, we will be in the studio, 20 feet away from the bathtub Josiah was just in, <laughs> and ready for action in three, two, one. Josiah, welcome I'm, back to the studio. I'm back and all warm, and I, it, it actually feels good. Yeah. Scientifically, now. you feel better. Yeah, right? we were just talking about that. Did you ever... Uh, you got hot chocolate, right? Yeah, I brought I brought some hot chocolate. <laughs> Except I'm not cold. I was I didn't get I didn't quite get to the point where it, my insides were cold. It's just yeah. my outsides were mm -hmm, cold. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I still got hot chocolate, and I'm excited about that. <laughs> and uh, so, so now that's it's time a to cozy up. Cozy on up. Yeah. Nice. Um, you can thank Chaz for those few seconds of pain. Was that his idea? Yeah, he wanted he. 
Well, he lost the episode for you and had the idea <laughs> for the punishment. Okay. So it's really a uh, double. Thank you, Chaz. I feel like I am mentally tougher <laughs> and I better uh, blood flow to my vitals. So thank you for that. <laughs> okay. Spin it. Um, what do you say we talk, talk some topics? I'm so ready. Do some topic talking. Uh, who goes first? Your choice. I'll go first. Okay. Um, mostly because you mentioned earlier today that you were excited about your topic. <laughs> so now I'm just like, I should just probably get mine out of the way. <laughs> okay. Not much confidence. No, no. It's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I'm talking about today a plethora of forbidden places. Oh, there places, places you're not allowed to go. Not not welcomed, not allowed. Those other people's bathrooms. Yeah. There are when you're not allowed into their house. There are a a list of places that you cannot go to that I did not put on this list. You're not allowed to go to <laughs> other people's bedrooms either if we're not allowed in their house yeah that's number one so you just knocked out number one and two two. i also have uh other people's kitchens at two in the morning and um religious buildings that you're not a part of oh in the middle of the night as well (laughs) (laughs) if the door is locked and and there's clear signs saying you can't come in here you're also not allowed to go over fences. Yeah, that's true. Usually. It's actually a list of Pokemon Go rules. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and then uh, my topic, it's funny, is actually just the application of playing Pokemon Go. So it, it works out. Good. <laughs> so today we'll just be knocking out... This This episode's called uh, Naked Man Takes a Bath. <laughs> and Versus we'll be talking about Pokemon, Pokemon Go. Go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, actual... Forbidden places. So I'm going to read all of them to you, and you can choose which one first. Okay. There's Pluto's Gate. There's Surtsey. Oh, I just realized I didn't look up how to pronounce these. That's okay. Oh. Uh, there's North Sentinel Island. There's North Sentinel Island. Oh, that's going to be a goofball. I wrote that twice. Oh. Um, no, it's called... Here, distract the people. I'll Google it. Okay, not North Sentinel. Is it per chance South Sentinel Island? No. Nope. No. Okay. Uh, so you wrote it twice, which Svalbard. means Svalbard. It's Svalbard. Oh, the Seed Vault. Yes. Um, what I was doing was, <laughs> I get OCD when I take notes about things being formatted right, so the titles have to be bold so I can see it easier. Oh yeah, yeah. Because that way I don't have to feel like I'm digging while we're talking. Um, also, I, something just happened that. I think is very interesting. What happened? So you said the word Svalbard, uh-huh. and I went, oh, because I know what that is, or at least what it's known for. Yeah. And you said the seed vault, and I was like, yeah. We've never talked about <gasps> the Svalbard seed vault before. We just both know about it separately? Yeah. <laughs> Which Svalbard <it's>, buddies. <laughs> Which is funny because, but yeah, that's been on my list for a long time. Has it? Yeah. It's one of the reasons that I'm doing this topic, which okay. is so scattered, because a lot of these places are cool, but aren't quite interesting yeah. enough. Or, no, they're interesting enough, but there's not enough to them for a sure. full topic. Sure. So Anyway, I, that's just funny that 
Svalbard Seed Vault is something that we just both acknowledge that we know. Yeah, we know stuff. <laughs> we both know about it. You and I know things about... No, nothing like super important, but only like a little bit off the wall. <laughs> exactly. Hey, it could be the most important thing in the world someday. We don't know. True. So there's that one. Um, there's all. I'm kicking myself for copy and pasting that title mm. and not changing it. That's ridiculous. There's also Snake Island. Oh, I know about Snake Island. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> and uh, Bangar Fort. Bang. Or Bangar Fort. I don't know. Uh, it's in India. Rajasthan, let's, India. Let's go Snake Island, then Svalbard. Okay. And then the other three that I've never heard of. <laughs> okay. First, oh, you said Snake Island first? Yeah. I don't actually really know much about Svalbard. Yeah, I know a little bit about Snake me Island, either. So I'm excited. <laughs> you don't either. <laughs> We're just gonna be reading a Wikipedia article together today. Do you, know, do you know? Okay, so do you know the Facebook articles that always get you that are like twelve things that you would not believe? Yeah, that kind of, and you click on them every time because you're like, what if I don't believe them? <laughs> My topic today is gonna be like that, like a brief. Five summer. places you're never allowed to go. Five, seven places you'd be arrested for ever if you ventured <laughs> number three will surprise you <laughs> okay number one is snake island you are not allowed to go to snake island you can go there uh you have to be a part of a research team with a sanctioned doctor and you really? have to have professional snake handling knowledge like you have to know you your have to way pass a test you mm-hmm. have to get licensed you have to be certified wow a certified snakist that's pretty crazy yeah so you're actually the the public, well, actually, most of these places that I'm going to mention are just like this. You're not allowed to go unless you're a scientist, which makes me okay. want to be a scientist because it seems like a lot of doors are open <laughs> to just, forbidden You just places. want to be a scientist so that you can do stuff that most people can't. Exactly. Snake Island, also known as, <clears throat> brace yourself, Ilha da Queimada Grande. Which Ilha da Queimada Grande, I think. It must be... Somewhere off the coast of Brazil. It is, yeah. Off yeah? the coast of Brazil. You know it. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Also, Ilha. It starts with an I. So now I'm. I'm thinking Ilha. Okay. Anyway, that doesn't matter. The odds I got the rest of the phrase right <laughs> pretty astronomically low. High? No, low. Um. So. That's really hot. That hot chocolate. Yeah, I'm gonna just set that. <laughs> you can take the lid off if you wish. You can lay it on the table runner, which is still the scarf that you knitted for me. It looks real pretty. It's very <laughs> cute. I never, I'll never get rid of it. It'll always be a table runner on something. Um, Snake Island, do you want to know why it's called that? I bet you don't yet. Yeah, I do actually. Oh, okay. It's because of snakes, Josiah, and the rest of the world. Um, apparently, according to one study, there's a one snake per square meter of the entire That's island. so gross. And, yeah, so the entire island is not available to visit because they were like, the snakes are bad here, no one can go, mm-hmm. and so then the snakes just got worse and worse mm-hmm. and worse because mm-hmm. there's nothing holding them in check. Yeah, yeah. And so now they're just like, it's total Snakeville. Um, oh, I have on my notes Snake Haven, but Snakeville is good too. <laughs> <laughs> snake Town. The most dangerous snake species in the world Black Mamba? No. Black... No. The Golden Lancehead Viper. Oh, I knew that. I didn't. Who? The Black Mamba might be there. <laughs> it's... 
So species is one of those weird words where the plural also sounds like the singular. Species or species. Specieses. Specieses. <laughs> Some of the most dangerous snake specieses in the world. So okay. there's multiple versions sure. of the most dangerous snake. Okay, lots of dangerous snakes. This golden lancehead viper uh, can melt the flesh around the bite. That's how horrible the poison is. Um, so you can't go there. This is what my topic is. I'm listing places <laughs> and then saying you can't, you can't go. go there. You need to get people excited about Check going there. You would you would love this place. <laughs> and you can't go there. It's tropical. It's warm. Mm-hmm. Beautiful views. There's probably some nice lapping ocean waves. Luscious plant life. Yeah. You a small hike you can get up from because I saw I watched a video about this. It's creepy. And the there's not much of a beach actually, right? It's no. pretty rocky. It's, and you it's have to not climb. actually a fun place to go. Yeah, it's very dense. Yeah. And uh and full of snakes. And full of snakes. A snake is a and square meter. It. Can you imagine? Like put this room I don't know if you have this ability in your head. Okay. Visually, imaginatively, but put this room that we're in into square meters. Okay. And then put a snake in each square. Okay. I'm gonna say what that's probably like four meters. Mm, sure. I really don't know my meters. Right yeah, now. I'm not proficient in meter four, usage. Four. Let's say you get twenty five, thirty snakes in here. <laughs> and this is this not, is a small this room. This is a very small room. That's very and scary. Then picture there's lots of plants growing up, and so you, and they blend in. Yeah, so you can't even really see half of them. So twenty five snakes in here, you can visually see ten of them. And they're the most dangerous snakes in the world. They're Snake Island. I don't like that. Banned for your own good. Thank you. Um, next up, we've got the Seed Vault. Svalbard. Svalbard. Norway. Just named stuff so cool. Yeah. It's named after cool. a, a giant, I think, in oh, really? Norse mythology. That's cool. North, anyway. North mythology? Norse North, <laughs> mi- North mythology. <laughs> Should we both do one? Yeah. <laughs> okay. You, we're, we're drawing the goofball. Lick the window? What the <laughs> heck? Okay. <laughs> Who wrote that one? Jeez. Sorry. My, Sorry about licking your window. <laughs> mine says, <laughs> I love the goofball. Mine says call your mom on speaker. Okay. <laughs> so we'll just give her a quick call. Um... And I'll keep talking. You can have a little smudge on your window. <laughs> uh, that's. I will just close the curtain. Okay. <laughs> we'll see if she, she answers. Anyway, well, I'll keep talking. Oh. Hello, Caleb Scott. <laughs> Hi, mom. Um, you are live on our podcast. What? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Do you have anything you want to say to the people? Caleb and Josiah are awesome. Woo! Is there anything else you were going to pay me to say? No. <laughs> Don't tell them that I'm paying you. Um, you were a goofball draw. I messed up and it says, call your mom on speaker. So here, uh, here we are. Uh, I think part of your punishment should be that you say something wonderful about me. I love my mom. Because? Because... <laughs> <laughs> I love my mom because she's awesome. How about I love my mom so I will. Oh. 
<laughs> this call is going downhill. This good is. Do you want me to hang up? <laughs> Why don't you list something and I will let you know if I will. <laughs> I will make you lunch on Sunday because I love you. Oh, wait. You want... Oh, you'll make me lunch She's, she's being you. I love my mom, so I will eat the lunch that she makes me on Sunday. Okay. With See, gratitude. Everything all worked out. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was great. Anyway, that's all. Thanks for joining. Josiah licked a window. Yep. Have fun podcasting. We will. Well, Josiah licked a window. Okay. From now on, I will make good choices. <laughs> starting now. <laughs> okay, love you. Bye. Bye. That was a very wholesome. That was a goofball. sweet goofball. So anyway, um, so North myth. It's kind of hard to say. I won't make Norse you draw another mythology. One. Norse mythology. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> wow, this topic is going to go on forever, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, this is a doomsday vault, and but it's a cool doomsday vault. It's a seed vault, which means any country can submit seeds to the vault, and those seeds are stored in the event that something bad happens to Earth, and mm -hmm. they need to restore the plant kingdom. Mm -hmm. um, so they have the ability to store 5.4 million varieties of crops, and each variety holds 500 seeds. So total, oh. it's like 2-point-something billion seeds that wow. this place can store do you know how many it has now right now it has just over a million okay uh a million varieties or no yeah a million varieties has each one has 500 seeds so half a billion seeds yeah wow you're not allowed to go there no. for, for <laughs> oh. pretty obvious reasons <laughs> um but because they don't want you to steal the seeds yeah and everything has and to be run perfect yeah has to be run perfectly has to be constantly negative 18 degrees celsius i guess is the magic number oh. to preserve the seeds all seeds um it was opened in 2008 it was built to last 200 years oh. and to survive explosions earthquakes all the good stuff it's is, built is somebody gonna bomb it <laughs> get rid of the seed vault it is kind of random but Maybe like maybe if there's aliens. an explosion in the plant, oh, in the, like sure. in the vault. It's not gonna like one explosion is not gonna destroy the whole building. Yeah, probably it won't be like the. It's not gonna hold up against war. Yeah, it's probably out in the middle of nowhere, isn't it? It's built into the side of a mountain, like very high up. That's the middle of nowhere, right? Yeah, mountains are the middle of nowhere by definition. Yeah. Um, but it's built into the side of the mountain. Actually, looks really cool. Have you seen a, like a picture mm -hmm. of it? The outside mm -hmm. looks really cool. Yeah, it does. Um, and they did that so that even if all of the sea or all of the ice melts and sea levels rise oh. that much, it'll still be above that. Oh wow, kind of fun. That is cool. That's cool that they thought they're trying to think of all the yeah the catastrophes that could happen. They're counting for all of them. So be rest assured, everyone. If something bad goes wrong, uh, Norway's got us covered. The other cool thing, then we'll move on. The other really cool thing about this vault is it is uh, politically free, which means... It's like the moon. Yeah. Any country can submit seeds, and it's... I didn't read really what this meant, but it's mm -hmm. called like a black box system, which means only the country that deposits something in can take that thing out, 
which means if America deposits 20 million seeds, then no, no other country can take it, even though it's in Norway. The U.S. Mm-hmm. can go and say, I want those back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the world is ended. I need those seeds. <laughs> Pretty okay. cool. That is interesting. So, like, uh, tons of... Uh, I think almost every country in the world has submitted seeds to this vault. Wow. So, it's like a cool global security effort. Kind of cool, right? That is cool. Not allowed to go there. Sorry. Okay. I just... Uh, I picture, like, the people that work there are all dressed up in suits and they have like clean white gloves. Yeah. And it's like a James Bond type of thing. And there's secretly people being kidnapped and stored in the basement. I wasn't going to, th- I wasn't thinking about that. Yeah. I was more me thinking either. it's just sleek and yeah. cool lighting. Yeah. But there's, but there's a secret bunker Maybe. where <laughs> the CIA is. I guess. <laughs> I wasn't thinking. No. Someone, other people were they talking might. about that. Yeah. Um. All right. Between the next thing, the next three, what suits your fancy? Pluto's Gate, Surtsey, or North Sentinel Island? Pluto's Gate. <laughs> okay, this one's crazy. Southwestern Turkey, known as the Gate to Hell, because <gasps> in ancient Greek and Roman mythology, this place, this little cave, was considered a actual portal to the underworld yes. in their mythology. I just saw this in the news like a couple months ago, I feel like. Yeah. It's crazy. So, basically, it's built in... I don't even know how to describe it. I took a picture of it so I could just show you. There's a temple around it. Mm -hmm. This is a digital recreation. This is not what it looks like currently. Oh. So, there's a temple around it, and then there's a pool, and then there's like this kind of raised seating, like you would imagine for other Greek stuff. Yeah, like an amphitheater. Yeah, exactly. Um, To where... People could come sit and watch. And then there's this little dark tunnel-looking opening with, like, steam billowing out of it. Okay. And that is Pluto's Gate. Um, I think in uh, Italian, it's Plutonium is, like, the official name for it. And then in Greek, it's something else. But it's the ancient city that they recently found in... Recently, not so recently. In... uh, It's called... Hierapolis. It's now Pam Pamukale. Good done. job. Yeah. Hierapolis. Does that sound good to you? Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah. <laughs> yep. So Strabo, Greek geographer, in twenty four AD, um, wrote about oh, okay. this place. Okay. And we didn't know it was real. But he wrote about this place, and we thought it was part of mythology, that this space is full of a vapor so misty and dense that one can scarcely see the ground. Any animal that passes inside meets instant death. And they think, they believed basically that you walk into this and you go to the underworld. Oh. Um, so in 1965, an archaeological team found this thermal spring. Mm-hmm. They followed this spring. They start digging, and they find this whole city in the city they find this whole temple pool gate area they dig it all out turns out there's something to it they believe this was the whole portal to the underworld what actually was happening was this thermal spring like this hot spring Mm -hmm. that ran down into this cave produced so much carbon dioxide that it was lethal to ingest if you went in there oh 
So all this billowing misty stuff that they were talking about that they thought was uh, blessed by uh, Pluto and Kor, who are underworld like deities mm-hmm. in that mythology. Mm-hmm. Um, turns out it was actually just carbon dioxide from the thermal springs. So uh, the archaeologists, when they were digging it up, witnessed several birds dying because they came too close to it and they just died because they breathed in too much co2 isn't that interesting yeah so they had this whole mythology and turns out it was just a little bit of science so you said there was seating around it would there would they have some kind of ceremony where they'd send people in there yeah what they think is they would do a lot of like animal sacrifices in there they'd send animals in there i don't know if they ever sent people in there i hope not okay that'd be a bummer um i did read that there was a specific group of people that were allowed to go in there and they were considered like blessed people, but they're they were just like really good at holding their breath. So they would like go in there and get the animals and drag them back out. <laughs> it's a it's a weird thing, but turns out it's a real place and they okay. found it. Can't go there. Oh, I was just about to ask. <laughs> Do you think you could go there? Uh, maybe you can. Okay, so the thing I saw in the news was some kind of lava pit or something. That they re- that was like a tourist attraction, but they recently closed it. Oh, it's too dangerous or something. That's fine. I don't know much about it. I'll probably look into it later. A good lava pit. That's not on my something, list. Something cool like that. I'm really sorry. That's I, you should have added it because you can't go there no mo. Can't go there no mo. Okay, I've got two more of these. Do I? I've got three <laughs> more of these. Okay, uh, choose your own adventure. Surtsey, North Sentinel Island. Or Bangar. Let's do Bangar. Okay, let's do Bangar. Because <laughs> it's the one, it's not going to be a great finale. Okay. Basically, Bangar was officially, it's a fort. It was a big old fort mm-hmm. made hundreds of years ago. And uh, people are allowed to go there. You were about to ask. You can go there, but you can't go there after sunset. And before dawn, mm. because it's been officially declared by the Indian government as haunted, one of the most haunted places. Not allowed Bangar. to go there. Mm-hmm. Um, the what the locals will say, and what the legend is, is that no one who goes in there after dark uh, ends up living to tell the story. There's one. One story I read where these three guys decided to go try it out and they stayed till dark and one guy fell in a well and they like freaked out because they were like, is it real? But then they helped him get out of the well and they're like, well, he's got to get to the hospital. So they go and they get in their car. They were telling that to the well? Well, he's got to get to the hospital. Well, give him back. We've got to go to the hospital. (laughs) And his name was Will. Well. Well. Will. Well, well, <laughs> so they're taking him to the hospital, and their car gets in like this crazy fluke accident, and all three of them die oh. on the way to the hospital. Stuff like that. Just that's a true story, but it feeds the legend sure. that it's very cursed. And they think there's two legends of how the curse came about. Number one is and I forgot the name. Some person in my head, he's like a monk, but just a a person who sets himself apart for wisdom yeah. and higher thinking, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, 
guy asks him, hey, can I build a fort? And he was like, yeah, but your fort can never uh, overshadow my house. Like if a shadow from your fort ever crosses mm. over my house, bad news. Mm. He was like, okay. So we lived in the fort and then another guy took over the fort a long time later, build up the walls higher. That was Uh-oh. high enough to cast a shadow. Place was cursed. By the guy who is afraid of shadows? Yeah. Apparently. He cursed it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then the other legend is that so this has something to do with a love potion. Um, some sort of like sorceress was trying to throw a love potion and it hit the rock behind the guy she was trying off to hit. The rock. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it went into the rock. Yeah. And the rock rolled over and hit the sorceress and so she cursed the place because of that. Oh. So whichever one of those is true for sure. <laughs> we have Take two your options. Pick which one you believe. But uh I don't know if I buy any of that, but I do buy that it is actually banned past sunset because um it's dangerous. I do buy I do skiing buy. inside and the Palm Islands. <laughs> All right, we got a couple more. This, these are all really important, Josiah. You need to <laughs> know, know this stuff. Next up, we've got the home of the, uh, the Sentinelese people, which are, you've heard of these people, I'm sure of it. They're some of the last untouched people groups from our civilization. So they live on this island, and they're one of the last groups to have no okay. communication with mm-hmm, us whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, this is outside India. The people are very violent. They have bow and arrows. Yeah, they shoot at uh, people like helicopters Anyone. and drones and stuff. Right? Yeah, there's pictures. You, I looked at them. There's a picture of some of them shooting at a helicopter. Yeah. that had just happened to be flying over. Um, but they've been isolated for so long that we can't, like. If any of us tried to communicate with them, they would all die because they don't have any exposure to any of our diseases yeah. and illnesses. Yeah. So the Indian government has banned any communication with them because it would kill them. Yeah. So it's kind of a weird thing where it's like some people want to like help them mm-hmm. or meet with them, learn their language, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. But no one's allowed to by government law. Because it could actually kill them. Um, it's very interesting. And no one knows really how many people. They say like as few as 50 or as many as 500 of these people are living out on that island. Um, been there for a long, long time. In the 1800s, a merchant ship uh, called the Nineveh wrecked on a reef by the island. And so the, all the passengers and crewmen took a boat to that island until they could get rescued and so they were camped out on the beach and they got attacked by these people and they had to i think for days they had to defend themselves with like rocks and sticks from these like constant incoming attacks from these people until uh the navy ended up coming and saving them but they had to just survive just Um, backed up against the ocean yeah isn't that crazy um, then another came, another expedition crew came and explored. This is like in 1880. They kidnapped some people. Um, I don't know why. Things that happened in the 1800s are confusing for me. Always are. But they took some kids and a couple adults 
and the adults immediately got really, really sick and died. And so they bought a bunch of gifts and they dropped the kids back off on the island and left all the gifts with them. I don't, I guess maybe they felt bad. Sorry we killed some of you. Here's, yeah, here's your children. Here's some and a fruit, a fruit basket. Yeah, a coconut or That's two. That's pretty weird. Isn't it? Um, and then fast forward, so not a lot. Actually, the, the leader of that expedition group went back a couple more times, but he never, like, interacted really. Um, fast forward 100 years, 1980, there's another ship crash. It landed on the reef, and they were calling out to people saying, you have to come help us. These people are trying to sail out. Or they're trying to swim out to us and attack us. So they were watching them load up. They have like canoes that can be pushed with long sticks. They were loading up with their bow and arrows and knives trying to come out and raid the ship and kill them all. But a storm, they got really lucky. A storm came in and it made the wake high enough that they couldn't paddle out to them. Okay. And then a helicopter came and saved them. So they were fine. And then lots of other stuff happened. National Geographic went out there and one of the filmers or one of the videographers got shot in the leg with a arrow, um, which is just That's like pretty nuts. intense stuff. There was, there was one time in the 2000s where they were able to be friendly with them. They went out once and they left a lot of gifts and then left. And then they went out another time, left gifts, and they did that for a couple days. And then they finally went out and the people came up to him and they give, gave the gifts directly to them. Mm-hmm. And then apparently they would come every so often and the people would let them be there. But then they had very strict, no one knows their language. Yeah. They had very strict rules that you weren't allowed to leave uh, or you weren't allowed to stay for very long. Yeah. So they would start making signals with their knives, like cutting, like if you don't, your time is up. If you don't leave right now, we're going to attack you. So they're like kind of friendly, but also like, we'll Very kill you. Protective, we'll yeah. kill you if you stay too long. So were these people wearing some kind of protective equipment? Nope. Oh. I saw I saw a picture of them handing out like coconuts. They're just in like t-shirts and polos. I don't know why hmm. they didn't you do, you know, a little bit more to protect themselves. <laughs> I guess you don't want to... You want to come across as unthreatening as possible. So yeah. if you're wearing a hazmat suit, that might not go super well. I the picture's very weird though. They're like they're all waist up in the water. Okay. And there's just like some guys handing them like coconuts and stuff, and they're like kind of smiling and like half of the people look super confused. <laughs> but then one guy's like super cheesy smiling who's accepting the coconut. <laughs> it's like it's pretty fun. <laughs> I would have it would have been fun to go on that one. Um but they've officially banned all of it okay. because they've realized that it's too dangerous for the people visiting and for sure. the people on the island. Um the last one was a missionary in 2018 who was killed. Mm-hmm. He went and uh I don't know if he tried to get a permit through the government and they didn't let him, or if he skipped that altogether. But he ended up bribing some fishermen to sail him out there, mm-hmm. and he went out and was killed. And wow. the Indian government labels it as murdering, but they don't intervene because that would get in the way of their uh, no interaction laws. So they just mm. let it go, and they didn't they didn't go like get the body back or anything. 
everyone's still buried out there. I don't know how I feel about that. It's pretty interesting. Because I, I get where you want to protect people and you don't want to like force your your modern Indian culture on them. Mm-hmm. But if they murder one of your people... Wait, was this... This was an American. Was American guy? But the American... Uh, the U.S. was also like, we're not going to like press charges or ask for any action because we don't want to get involved with them. Jeez. It seems very... It's very weird. It seems very gray. Yeah. It's definitely a situation probably people didn't expect to find themselves in. Yeah. So <laughs> like I, dealing I, with I that. can guess why... Well, or I can understand why they say, just don't go there. You'll probably die. Just, yeah. It's not going to work out. But then you want to, like, if you're that missionary, you want to reach those people. Yeah. And he tried. From what I heard, they were like, he had to retreat the first day. And then he went back and they were, like, kind of friendly with him or, like, kind of curious by him. And then he left again. And then he went back a third time and he told the fishermen don't uh don't stay here you can go because they might be more comfortable if it's just me yeah and then it did not go well he killed him wow can't go there okay (laughs) i don't i I don't think i'd want to yeah i'm okay with not going there i don't know if i would choose between that one or snake island neither of them seem all that safe there's a good chance you'll die at both of them yeah can you go to chernobyl uh No, that's the big, like, nuclear. Yeah. I almost put that one on my list. They say that won't be safe to live in for another 20,000 years. Isn't that nuts? Oh, my goodness. I just saw on the news, I know this is very, like, recent, but uh, Russia just overtook the power plant. Oh, really? Yeah, because if you're listening to this later, they they just... um, Started a war with Ukraine, and they they overtook the power plant. Huh. And I guess that's, I didn't read much about it, but I guess it's they're not a big thing for them, like have just having control of it. Well, I know it's Russia. still in use. Or like their the actual plant is still like, like the guy who said that it wouldn't be inhabitable again for twenty thousand years yeah. was like the director of that plant. They still. Use I don't it? know if it's like, I don't. I don't know how it all works. I, actually, I'm pretty sure you can go there, but just not very long. You you probably have to be a scientist. <laughs> I bet you have to be a scientist. Yeah. One more reason to be a scientist. You know what? I'm about to get my scientist certification so that I can start applying for these things. Yeah, I I think it's pretty easy to get your scientist certification. <laughs> it's like an online. I'd go for it. Yeah, it's an online quiz. I think it just like requires ID. And I think you just have to check a box. Yeah. If you've got a passport, that's helpful. Yeah, usually. Yeah. Would you like to be a scientist? Yes or no? (laughs) (laughs) Would you like scientist privileges? (laughs) You can now go to Snake Island. (laughs) You can go to Snake Island. You can go to Chernobyl. Um, You can go to Svalbard. mm Mm-hmm. We've got so many options. Really anywhere. Yeah. The last place you can go if you're a scientist, (laughs) the last place (laughs) is... Uh, Surtsey. Only the most scientific can go there. Yeah. Only the, the elite. (laughs) Uh, do you know, have you heard of Surtsey? It's the youngest island in the world. 
Well, one of the youngest islands oh, in the world. It's like a volcanic island? Uh-huh. It's off the coast of Iceland. It was formed by volcanic eruption from 1963 to 1967. Basically, it started below sea level on the ground. And then it billowed and billowed and billowed. And then eventually it billowed so high that the water couldn't access the ports where the volcanic activity was billowing. Okay. And so then it like all hardened and became a island. Pretty cool, huh? Huh. Um, uh, and it's about one square mile. So not huge. Oh. But a decent sized yeah. island. And it's like pretty tall too. Uh, since then it's come down to half a square mile from wave erosion. So it's slowly going away. Okay. They say like by 2100, it'll probably be gone. Okay. Anyway. Um, it's off limits to everyone except for scientists because they wanted to study what happens with new land mm-hmm. completely uninterrupted from humans. Oh, okay. Which is pretty, That's, I think, kind of yeah, cool. Yeah, very interesting. So they said uh, within a couple of years, plants had already scattered. Really? Uh-huh. And it's because of seeds that were brought by wind dispersal. Uh-huh. Like floating in the ocean? Yeah, and ocean currents would bring in some seeds. And then... The plants came in enough that birds started to come. Mm-hmm. And when the birds came, they dispersed the seeds a whole lot. So now it's like this beautiful, full grassy. No way. Like it's very pretty. Really? It's a very pretty spot. I just picture it as like a black hunk no. of nothing. It's like big flowing grass. Really? And there's, uh, I have it. There's, as of 2008, there's almost 70 species of plants that have been recorded no there. No way. Yeah. And uh, there are a ton of birds. I think I forgot to write it down. I think I read fifteen species of birds. They live there. Uh huh. They just wow. they made that their home, and that's where they hang out now. They uh, immigrated. Uh, wow. Do, do they know like when the first uh, plant life started, or like around what time frame? No. All I said, all I saw was within a couple years. So it was pretty that's fast. Pretty wild. After. After they had discovered it. And they discovered it while the volcano was still active. So nothing was happening mm-hmm. there. So they have tracked the whole thing, so basically. They were, yeah, they were able to watch it from the very beginning. That's very And cool. we'll be able to all the way up until eventually it goes away. I'm My hope is that eventually there's enough plant life that it holds itself from eroding and sticks around. Oh, like it... Like so the roots build in and it doesn't decay as much. Sure, so it's the waves that are destroying it yeah they're just slowly eroding away at the end. okay but is that something they say could happen i don't know i'm very excited about this for some reason in my head yeah you can't go there but (laughs) (laughs) one day maybe don't tell me that i'm gonna put a little hut on the very top (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah because you said it's tall Uh uh-huh what's this place called? it's not super tall it's called surtsey s-u-r-t-s-e-y um Very and cool. one funny story like to end my topic <laughs> is one plant made it there without, uh, because of humans. And it's because, and they fixed it. They fixed the problem. So it's not, it's not there anymore. Is it the devil's, uh, devil's weed? <laughs> no, basically. <laughs> uh, it was a tomato, tomato plant ended up on this island and at first they were like how (laughs) is this tomato plant growing here 
And then they realized, and this is a little crass, but deal with me because it's worth it. <laughs> One of the scientists had used the restroom on the island and his or her excrement uh, had leftover tomato seeds from something they had eaten. That seems like something you would think about yeah. as you're squatting as a on scientist, the island. Yeah. You would want to consider Squat that. Squat down like, hmm. So they ate a taco with a lot of tomatoes. It, a tomato grew. And, well, I don't know about a tomato, but like a oh, tomato a plant. plant. Yeah. Was, That's pretty wild. Was growing. And they were like, it really, for a little bit, stumped the scientists. They were like, why, how do you suppose this tomato plant made it here? <laughs> and then I did some searching and then they were like, guys, who did it? There's a cheese plant, a beef plant, and a tomato plant. <laughs> a cheese, a beef plant. <laughs> All right in this one area. Who planted the salsa plant down mm. here and the tortilla plant? <laughs> That's kind of funny. So they, they like dug it out and made yeah. sure that it wouldn't spread. because keep they, an eye on the area. Their whole yeah. goal was for it to be from beginning to end mm-hmm. completely non or like no life. To That's see what so happens. so crazy to me. Uh, pretty cool. 60 years. Yeah. That an island has formed and become it just, its own little ecosystem. And it's like luscious. Did you look up a picture? No. There's some, apparently it's less luscious in some areas that the birds don't hang out in. And then other areas it's like total Jurassic Park looking. There's pterodactyls. <laughs> it's crazy how that happens. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, wow. Not too bad, huh? I'd visit there. That's really tall. Isn't it? Okay, this is a lot bigger than I was expecting. I mean, a full mile is significant, for sure. I also was expecting trees for some reason. Maybe. There's no trees. Maybe someday. <laughs> There's some bushes. <laughs> uh, lots of grass. Wow, that's pretty interesting. So, there you have it. There are... A, a small list of places you can't go. <laughs> What's you said there was another a north north wasn't there something else in your list? Do you that's the that? that's the island with the people, North Sentinel Island. Sentinel. Oh, but you just call them the They're Sentinelese. The Sentin- yeah, Sentinelese people are is the name of the people and okay. they live on North Sentinel Island outside of okay. India. Hmm. So yeah, I was thinking I was looking at all these, and I was like, a lot of these are really interesting. And I was like, how do I link these together? You cannot go there. <laughs> yeah, and then I realized, this is my podcast. I can do whatever I want to. <laughs> so this is my first clickbait title. <laughs> Six places you cannot go. I cannot believe the last one. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> there's some other cool ones, too. Like, there's a place in France, these huge caves that have all these drawings like ancient drawings and stuff and it was a big tourist destination for a long time but then they found out that people were making their own weren't they they just people were bringing their crayons in (laughs) (laughs) no people's breath eventually started to wear down the drawings like the bacteria from their breath or something i didn't look into it too much so now no one's allowed down there except for scientists and even they have to be guarded by security guards and can only be down there for a few minutes a week. Wow. So there's your honorable mention to really complete my article. Just wear a, a uh, scuba tank. Yeah. That's very interesting. Yep. Um, Forbidden places. Makes me happy for national parks. 
Yeah. So they'll, they'll stay around, hopefully. Yeah. And I uh, think so. And they'll stick around and you they'll... can go to them forever. If we just keep them banned. You know what? Yeah. How about <laughs> let's. I'm going to write a letter to the president and say, can you please ban all national parks? Because I know people are trying to preserve things now, but I would like nobody to be able to go there. <laughs> I want the opposite of preservation. <laughs> I want them to flourish, not just be around. <laughs> I want them to thrive, not survive. <laughs> uh, thrive, not survive is way better than flourish, not be around, <laughs> which is what I just said. Well, it's okay. It's to each his own. Yeah. I mean, I just presented for... A- a hot minute. <laughs> Can you? I can't expect you to rhyme yeah, after all that. Exactly. After thirty who, minutes of talking. Who do you think I am? Who is Khalifa? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> okay. Um, quick, quick break. Thank yep. you. Thank you for that. Anytime. Very, very interesting. And I'm happy to not go to many of those places. <laughs> um, before I go. Just want to say to the people, if you want to support us on Patreon, you can click the link below. Then do. It's a couple clicks and uh, support the podcast if you'd like. If you can, not, that's okay. You can support us for a dollar a month, $12 a year, $120 a decade. You, you could also support us for, do you think people could do like 20 cents sure. a month? I think you can put in custom ones. Okay. Like if you want to somebody, support a cent. Somebody tr- uh, support us for 20 cents a month. I would like to see that. Please, please. But if you don't want to, that's okay. That's just a lollipop an episode. <laughs> just think about it. It's break it down. It's a couple gumdrops, a lollipop. That way, when we're recording, you can also hear <laughs> as we're talking. Smacking. It's um, a fifth of a bottle of water. Exactly. Just think about it for us. Mm-hmm. But if you don't. If you don't want to, that's okay. Okay, my my topic, my torn. Yep. <laughs> Have you ever seen the movie 127 Hours? No, I refuse. I can't do body stuff. <laughs> you get a little squeamish. Well, I'm getting... It used to be like bones. I would be like, no, I okay. can't. But I'm getting a lot better with that. But I can't do cutting through tendons still. As much... Yeah. It's not your favorite thing. Okay. Is that your topic? The plot of 127 hours? <laughs> My topic is how to cut through your own tendon. <laughs> okay. Um, since I know it's a movie and I know I'm so vocal against spoilers, but since it's a historical event... It counts. I'm going to go ahead and spoil 127 hours. It's allowed. So this guy, Aaron Ralston, yeah. he is hiking in Utah in a slot canyon. He falls, a rock falls on his arm, squishes it between... So his arms squish between a big rock and the, the wall, uh-huh. and he can't get out. Mm-hmm. So the whole premise is he's stuck there, and eventually he decides to, with his pocket knife, <laughs> cut his arm off. <laughs> and he eventually escapes. And he survives. If you look up a picture of him today, he's still alive, but he only has one arm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I watched, I kind of skipped through it because... Because it's the they, grossest movie ever well, made. Well, you don't really get to the gross part till the very end and most of it is so you can watch chunks most of it is creative ways of making it interesting mm. while he's stuck in the same spot yeah so props to that for trying to make a movie out of it and 
Yeah, it's, it's got would, some crea- some creative uh, aspects to it, but I would not hear right. that story and think there's the next big hit it's movie a blockbuster. Yeah, people are gonna watch him cut his arm off. Anyway, so that auto amputation, mm. what they might call it, mm. is a type of self surgery. Oh no! There's many examples of self surgery throughout recent history. <laughs> And uh, this is what I'm going to be talking about. It's, uh, <laughs> mostly one big story and then some, some others thrown in at the end. But this episode for our squeamish listeners, I'd recommend not operating heavy machinery. <laughs> if you get... Park your... Par- pull off on, in an alley <laughs> and finish listening and then get back on the highway. Or if you're in like a forklift or something, set down whatever you're carrying <laughs> and uh, come back to it later. if you're in a forklift this podcast takes priority i think yeah seriously so the main story that i want to talk about is about a man named dr leonid rogasov perfect while you talk about that i'm gonna eat this twix you go for it man so he was the crew doctor on the sixth soviet antarctic expedition this was back in 1960 Mm. so think about when the island was being, Circe was being formed. Yeah. Um, he was the only medical professional on board. There was 12 crew members, so he was one of 12, the only doctor. Uh-huh. Really the only one with medical experience. Seems like a a failure of, to create redundancies. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well that was sound so they should, right? They should, have, they should have sent 12 doctors. <laughs> 144 men, 12 of each type. <laughs> yeah, but maybe no like a arc, nurse or an assistant. Situation. Oh, t- well, we'll get to that. Okay. Um, I'm jumping the gun. We'll get to maybe some changes that have been made mm. as a result of what's about to happen. <laughs> um, so the trip was set to last throughout the winter. Um, they left during the Antarctic summer, the beginning of it. And their goal was to set up a base at this place called Shirmacher Oasis. It's east of the Weddell Sea. So think of where uh, you go south of uh, South America. Uh-huh. You've got the Weddell Sea and that peninsula that mm-hmm, you'll mm-hmm. see on Antarctica. Yep. East of that is where they're setting up this, this uh, base. Got it. Okay. I'm tracking. Um, so by February of 1961, they had the base all set up and we're ready to go. Good. But by this point, the winter is starting to it's starting to get colder. They're just going to hunker down, get ready for the, the big, long winter, and leave Antarctica in the summer once the ice starts to melt. For sure. That's the plan. So Good plan. In April, Rogasov, the doctor, starts feeling stomach pains on his right side, his uh, lower right no, abdomen. No, 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 no. And he becomes nauseous and tired and weak. And I'm unhappy with what I think is going to be the finale of this specific story. <laughs> um, so he's, 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 he's 27, 27 year old guy. He's yeah. performed this, the surgery that he thinks he's going to have to perform a lot. Um, and he, he diagnosed himself with acute appendicitis. Oh no. He's thinking this is something with my appendix. Let's get rid um, of it. Um, Something's going to have to be done. I'll try and get out of here if I can. We'll see. Um, So his son said, it's a condition he'd operated on many times in the civilized world. It's a routine operation. But unfortunately, he didn't find himself 
in the civilized world. <laughs> Instead, he was in the middle of a polar wasteland. Man. So it it takes over a month to get back to civilization if there was no ice. And there is ice. And there is ice. And so, there's no hope of returning by boat. So that's impossible. And because of the win- the harsh winter and the and snowstorms and everything, it was impossible for a plane to come get him either. So he's just Because this wasn't this was not that long ago either. Mm-hmm. Just nineteen sixty, remember. And so he knew that if his appendix burst, there's a good chance he would die. Oh, boy. So that leaves him with a chance. A choice. (laughs) Not a chance. A choice. (laughs) Do I die? Do I have it removed by myself? By by my own two hands. Uh. So uh, according to his son, he had to open his own abdomen to take his intestines out. He didn't even know if that was humanly possible. But so he, he knew he had to con- to try. Exactly. Good uh, trailer. Uh, but he knew it was the only yeah. way. So he, he had to get permission from the commander in charge. And uh, so he chose to perform an auto-appendectomy. That's what they're calling this. Hmm. So if, yeah, because he, he had to ask his commander, is this okay if I do this? And he's like, well, if you die, it's going to look really bad for... Antarctic exploration because this is kind of the same time as space race and I guess politically it was important that they did something <laughs> of worth in the Antarctic something had to happen um, so he <laughs> so Rogosov says I did not sleep at all last night this is in his journal it hurts like the devil a snowstorm whipped through my soul, oh. wailing like a hundred jackals. <laughs> what? <So> he's a, <laughs> what he's a dramatic uh... <laughs> fellow. I'm going to remember that, though. Oh, this is wailing like a hundred oh, jackals. It's as loud as a hundred jackals. <laughs> so uh, he also wrote in his journal, still no obvious symptoms that perforation is imminent. So still probably intact. Hasn't exploded yet. Uh-huh. That was my part. And he says... Uh, but an oppressive feeling of foreboding hangs over me. This is it. I have to think through the only possible way out to operate on myself. It's almost oh my impossible, but I can't just fold my arms and give up. So he got to work making a plan. Oh, and this is, is how the it worst. went. So he got three of his crewmates nice. to assist with the surgery. That seems like a great first start. One of them is going to hold the lamp in the mirror, the mirror so he could... Oh, so we could see, yeah. See what he's doing. And I guess the lamp as well to see what he's doing. <laughs> and the other assistant would hand him instru- instruments and assist, like, hold here, do this, yep. whatever you need to do. The third person was there to take charge, to take the place of one of the other two in case they fainted or oh. were, like, too queasy to do anything. That's horrible. Why would he not say, there's 12 people here, I need 11 people <laughs> ready to go? We need just a line out the door of people ready to assist. What if he cuts into his side and all three of them just fall over? <laughs> it's a bummer. He's like, uh, I guess I'm doing it on my own. <laughs> so he he showed the assistants how to inject him with adrenaline and perform artificial ventilation if needed. So he's preparing them. I imagine just giving this amazing speech beforehand. Yeah. This is what I we imagine got this he said. Team. This is what I imagine he said. Friends, countrymen, brothers, <laughs> today you become honorary surgeons. 
You're the only ones who can do this job. You're the only ones who can ensure I survive. <laughs> I don't know if this operation is possible, but you'll go down in history as the bravest men to ever live. If I'm going to live, I need your minds to be focused, your hearts to be emotionless, and your guts to be made of iron. Did you write For this? the motherland! <laughs> did you write all that down? Like, did you script that out? That's what I wrote. <laughs> so he was... O- <laughs> That's how I imagine it going. I well, and then they go, hope. "Hey!" <laughs> Huzzah! And uh, so he's only able to use a small amount of local anesthetic. He mm. can't obviously knock himself out. Obviously. Um. So as he could use it, like as he's cutting open his stomach. Yeah. But that's about it. Oh, that is the worst. He needs to be clear-headed as possible. And here's <laughs> this is what he said. In his journal afterwards. My poor assistants, at the last minute I looked over at them, they stood in their surgical whites, whiter than white themselves. (laughs) He said, I was scared too, but when I picked up the needle with the Novocaine and gave myself the first injection, somehow I automatically switched into operating mode. And from that point on, I didn't notice anything else. So he's like, I've done this before. I can do it again. Just get in the zone. One of the bravest men in history. Would you like to see a picture of him operating no, on himself? No. Wait, is it super gross? Kind of, but just check it out. I'll link it below, too. Okay, it's not horrible. Holy so cow. So he's, he's laying in bed. That's absurd. And he's just like, he's like laying down with his head propped up a little bit. And his mid, his like abdomen is all dark. It's a black and white photo, but nasty. Nasty. Um... Good thing it's not color. I can't would imagine. You have, would you have passed out? <laughs> so he ended up ditching the mirror because it was too difficult to use, just having to do things backwards. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. That would be weird. So he he did it based on feel. Most of it, oh, A lot of it yeah. based on feel. That's and pretty impressive, he, he actually. He took off his gloves and did it based on feel. So imagine, so your appendix is on your lower right side of your abdomen. Yep. So imagine you're just laying down and you're like trying to cut, th- cut into things. We're both imagine, we're both acting it out right now. <laughs> no, you can't see us, but that's what's happening. <laughs> Unless you're watching on YouTube. Unless you're, yeah, yeah. And uh, so he cuts into himself and he's like feeling around. He's like, I've done this before. Okay. Oh, I think that's the, uh... I think that's my heart. Oh, I'm in the wrong spot. There's the lower valve unit. Oh, there's the upper atrial <laughs> vent. <laughs> I think that's probably something to do with your heart. Oh, I just found the quadriceptic uh, conditiator. That's <laughs> oh, a yeah. car part. <laughs> need to clamp that. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, that's crazy. And he survived? He was very close to losing consciousness. Ooh. Um, at the most difficult part of the surgery. So he had to take breaks towards the end. Every, well, I guess he says in this quote, he says, the bleeding is quite heavy, but I take my time. Opening the peritoneum, peritoneum, I injured the blind gut and had to sew it up. No. He said, I grow weaker and weaker. My head starts to spin. Every four to five minutes, I rest for 20 to 25 seconds. Holy Which cow. you can imagine. I get it. Yeah. Give, a, give yourself a quick breather. And he goes on. Finally, here it is, the cursed appendage. With horror, <laughs> I noticed the dark stain at its base. That means that just a day longer and it would have burst. My heart wow. seized up and noticeably slowed. My hands felt like rubber. 
Well, I thought it's going to end badly, and all that was left was removing the appendix. So after two hours of self-surgery, holy cow! He successfully removed his own appendage, and by appendage I mean appendix. <laughs> he also cut noticed. off his arm on accident. He <laughs> removed his own appendix and stitched himself back up. And after he instructed his assistants how to clean the surgical instruments and tidy up the room. He uh, took some sleeping pills and antibiotics and went to sleep. Wow. So after a two-week recovery, he was back to his normal duties. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I guess it was good he decided to do that. Yeah. If it was going to burst the next Probably day. Probably would have died. But uh, could he have maybe talked someone else through it? I don't know. Maybe you have to have so much expertise. Maybe. <laughs> what if... Picture this. What if surgery is something you need to know a significant amount of information to do successfully? Imagine. I wouldn't know. And practice. I wouldn't yeah. know. I don't know. <laughs> but you could probably walk someone through it. Yeah. I mean, he could, well, it was too early to take the surgery certification. <laughs> yeah. You'd like the get your, your certificate online. Yeah. I don't think anyone did that before they went. Mm. I think they require a scientist certificate. When you go to Antarctica now. <laughs> Good for them. That's about time. So it seems like a happy ending, but remember, they're still in Antarctica in the winter. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, he said, more and more often waves of dull homesickness and hatred of this cursed Antarctic wash over me. He's so poetic. He is. How odd it seems that I ever agreed to go on this expedition. All the exoticism of Antarctica was exhausted within a month. And in return, I'm losing two years of my life. Holy my God. clinic, which I love more than any worldly pleasure, seems as far from here as Mars. And there was a lot of harsh oh. weather, and the date that they were supposed <laughs> to leave got pushed back. Um, but eventually, some single-engine planes came and rescued them. Picked them up. One of them like, almost crashed, but... <laughs> That's its own story. <laughs> it's a story in and of itself. And so since that date... Australian Antarctic stations require appendectomies for all doctors mm. staying there. That's good. And some people suggest that you should get your appendix removed Before. one day if you go to, like, if there's, like, a colony on Mars or something, they say. Get you that. should not. There should be no appendixes allowed. Or just send a second qualified doctor. <laughs> <laughs> one less thing to worry about, you yeah. know. Redundancy, redundancy, redundancy. <laughs> And there's even a, a Chilean town. It's like, it's, I think it's an island off Antarctica. So it's kind of Antarctica, kind of chilly. Did they name it after his appendix? No, it's called Vias Las Estrellas. It's a weird name for an appendix. No, that's the island. And so there's a maximum of 100 inhabitants, but there's no appendixes or dogs allowed. Huh. Appendixes you can't because. Go <laughs> because. Uh, I guess just make one less thing for the doctors to do. <laughs> one major surgery less for each person and then dogs so that they don't uh, kill the native animals. That's a funny mindset, though. Let's make every person have to have this surgery. Even so that... children. Even children really? have to get their appendix removed. Yeah. Let's make every man, woman, and child have to have this surgery before they go in case they need it while they're there. <laughs> we'll, we'll just make sure everyone does it instead of, you know, one or two people maybe. Yeah. It just makes it simpler for 
the people in charge, less to think about. Could you imagine being in a leadership position? <laughs> you're just like, I would really feel better if my whole team just had their appendixes removed. I, honestly, it's just... Like, the level of anxiety those people must have... It'd be if, so much simpler. Such less of a headache. <laughs> so much less of a headache. I can't imagine having to think about those things. Like, ah... Uh, but what if someone's appendix acts up? Let's just have them, just in case. We'll just have them all taken out. Yeah, it's better to be safe than sorry. <laughs> um, what would you do? Die. In that case. <laughs> How about the uh, in the Aaron Ralston situation Die. where you're in a slot canyon? Would you, you wouldn't try and cut off your arm? I Fun fact, I had this exact conversation <laughs> To, we were happened to be talking about that movie. We were at the climbing yeah. gym. Yeah. There were like four other guys. And I literally said, if you were in that situation, what would you do? And then they all answered and they were like, what would you do? And I said, I would die. <laughs> you would not cut off your arm. I would just be dead. I think I think I would be like, I need to give this a shot. And I think I could get past but the skin layer. Back out. And then I'd be like, nope, There's I'm dead. There's another way. I'm dead now. You'd think of other ways. Yeah. Wait for somebody. It's just, it is a really interesting position to be in because you're on the time limit of you don't have much water. Mm -hmm. You're going to either die of dehydration or (laughs) I guess you cut off your arm (laughs) and and die that way. And die that way, but there's a chance. A small chance that you don't die. I don't, I don't know if I could either. It's also, it's a weird dynamic. The type of thing where it's like you don't know what you're capable of yeah. until it's happening to I you. Honestly, I don't think I could. I don't think I could either. But anyway. But also, I don't know what the symptoms of extreme dehydration and starvation are. Yeah. Like, would you just kind of pass out one day and just not wake back up? Oh, or would like, it be like miserable all the way sure. up? Probably. Probably like, pretty miserable. I think I would opt if it was if it were just a simple pass out situation. <laughs> I think I would opt to just you know call it a day on Earth. Yeah. Go up, talking to Jesus, and be like, you know, I had the option down there, <laughs> but this seemed better. I weighed them carefully and I made my choice. <laughs> but I don't know if like if dying of dehydration and starvation is just as miserable sure then maybe opt for the one that's faster and that also offers you a small chance of (laughs) surviving i don't know you get over the pain eventually probably that's why when you you just have to deal with the phantom pains through the rest of your life but (laughs) exactly and you know waking up every night screaming from nightmares that's so crazy I can't imagine. I, I seriously cannot imagine having to choose to cut your own arm off. I can't imagine. Have you ever... This is going to sound really weird. Have you ever had like a pocket knife and you've put it on like the palm of your hand uh-huh. and you were like, could I just like scratch myself? Yeah. I don't like, think I could do that. Really? <laughs> well, because I picture the scene in Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, where they have oh. to cut their hand to drip the blood over the gold yeah. for... I don't even remember what the plot of that movie is because of for ma- skeleton magic. things. Yeah, skeleton powers. Yeah, <laughs> to receive your skeleton powers. <laughs> but I was like, I don't know if I could even do that. Purposefully cut my hand. I think I could do that. I wait. Okay, so if someone mm. said, "You're gonna die if I don't get some blood right now," because we need your blood. Oh well, I guess if you 
If it was life or death. If it was a life or death, <laughs> I think I could, could minorly cut myself. You get some blood flowing. <laughs> okay. But like if it was, if you were just like, I'll give you a hundred bucks, <laughs> then I don't think I could bring myself to do it. Okay. Anyway, look, there's two hundred bucks. Bit. If I give you two hundred dollars right now, would you cut your hand open? Monet- I'm gonna need more. Need Three. more money. I would be at five hundred dollars. The knife is clean, and you won't get infected. I just, I feel like it would hurt. <laughs> oh, it definitely would hurt. <laughs> maybe I'm just not a super tough. Maybe that's the issue. Or maybe the things we're discussing just don't matter. <laughs> you never know. One day, it's very possible. Yeah. So I've got a couple more stories to consider. And uh, then I'll wrap it up. First one, another doctor, Dr. Jerry Nielsen. She was also... In Antarctica. In Antarctica. <laughs> she was at the South Pole Research Station in 1999. Um, she was an American, and uh, she discovered a lump and diagnosed herself with breast cancer. And so the U.S. Air Force airdropped everything that was required for chemotherapy, and she began treating herself. And after teleconferencing with other more experienced doctors in this uh-huh. area, she performed a biopsy on herself with the help of some other researchers who had no... No she was the only doctor, yeah. again, in this case. And uh, they they uh, practiced with needles and raw chicken. <laughs> well, at least they practiced. <laughs> they got some, uh, some, yeah, some practicing from, from the whole thing. And eventually she was airlifted out, and a new doctor came and replaced her. But And her cancer went into remission for a couple of years, but eventually it came back and took her life in 2009. Mm. But that's pretty impressive as well. That, uh, yeah. Like, I, um, yeah, I'm. I've got breast cancer. I'm gonna have to deal with it myself. You said crazy. they airdropped the stuff. Yeah. Was there? No? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you can go high enough that it's safer to fly if you go like above the clouds. But maybe it was too. Uh, maybe you couldn't land a snow plane. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know though. In my head, I'm picturing something from The Martian. It just like. There's got to be a way. A 500, fly at 500 feet and drop a 500 foot rope. And she could and it flies by and she just grabs it, catches it, <laughs> snatches it. Or they put her in a pod and the pod has like a hook and oh. it's fully cushioned. <laughs> sure. So she can bop around on the <laughs> They just hook onto the pod and pick her up. Exactly. Or it's like a Hunger Games situation. Oh, spoiler. Don't. Do not you know what I'm spoil about? the Hunger Games. Or the the claw. Oh yeah, a Toy Story. The or claw. or Dark Knight situation, um, where he, you know, he has the thing yes. with the plane. Yeah, and it it goes, boo, boo, <laughs> and then the plane flies and catches it, and it pulls him away, going thousands of really really fast. Yeah, thousands of fast. Thousands of fasts an hour. So anyway, uh, one more doctor. In 1921, <laughs> Dr. Kane got appendicitis. <sighs> this guy is a little... Uh... Okay, you'll, you'll, see what, you'll see what I mean. So he, he had always wondered... He's passionate about medicine. He had always wondered if you could perform a major surgery without completely knocking a patient out. Yep. Um, so some patients can't get knocked out completely because of medical conditions. Oh. I guess if you have a heart issue. Huh. That's interesting. Apparently. Other, add it to the list of things I never knew about. 
that I do know. I'm pretty sure. Don't, don't uh, ask a doctor. Okay. So having performed more than 4,000 appendectomies before, he's a pro. Yeah, he he's knows like, what he's doing. This is the perfect situation to put the two things together, uh-huh. my appendicitis and my wanting to test if I can uh, <laughs> not knock somebody out. It's the perfect storm. It's the perfect storm. So with the help of some nurses, he laid back on the operating table and took out his own appendix, similar to Leonid Rogosov. Huh. Wait. He was not in Antarctica. He no. He could have had a... Someone. Oh, very easily. Okay. <laughs> very easily. <laughs> okay. Yes. Um, yeah, in fact, he was, he was at the hospital and he had nurses help him. He was at the hospital. <laughs> and the other doctors are sitting in the break room like, <laughs> who hired him? Um, I, well, I read somewhere that he was at the Kane hospital the word the name of the hospital had Kane in it uh-huh. so i don't know if it was like his hospital it was his papa or something or maybe it's just a coincidence but when a reporter asked how he was doing a couple hours after the couple hours after the <laughs> surgery he responded by saying he was feeling fine <laughs> feeling fine and the reporter's holding a microphone out trying not to look <laughs> <laughs> and uh so he he learned a couple things that day. He learned how to use <laughs> local anesthesia in an appendectomy, and he also oh. learned what it feels like to be a patient being I, operated on. That seems horrible. Yeah, um, but two years before that, he uh, amputated his own finger oh. because it became infected. Well, so. I guess that one's less intense, probably. Yeah, but he. This well, is, I don't know. You're one one handed. <laughs> so he did. He did the. Uh, I, that's even more props to this guy for being a nine nine fingered surgeon. Exactly. Seems like that might make things even more complicated. But some people he was okay with it. Yeah. Um. So ten years after the appendix surgery, when he was seventy years old, he did that at sixty years old. Uh-huh. Also. So when he was seventy, he operated on his own hernia. And while he was working, he was oh. just joking with the nurses oh. for the full 50 minutes. <laughs> just a strange fellow. And just, I think, remember that episode when you talked about shower thoughts, where if you have something that you know how to do really well, or you do it so much, you kind of go into autopilot. Yeah. I think that's what was going on. So he was He's just like, like, I've done this so many times. No, I'm not. I'm barely even paying attention. Hernia surgeries are a dime a dozen. Hernia schmernia. What have you guys, what are you guys doing this weekend? <laughs> You guys catching this show? You going to the dance yeah. marathon later? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, so um, once he was done, it took him a day and a half, and he was back at work doing surgeries on other people. Wow. And not so many on himself. That's probably for the best. Um, and a fun fact that I heard about was he was a little bit of an artist, mm. some might say, because he, I would assume... Saw his his surgeries as a work of art. Mm. So what he wanted to do was when he stitched his patients back up to sign with the stitches a K for cane. <laughs> but he thought maybe people would get mad if they see a K. Yeah, like maybe potentially K, um, scar <laughs> or like stitched into their I don't know wherever. So he did it in Morse code instead. He would stitch his <laughs> patients back together using a Morse code K, which is da dit da. <laughs> Legendary. 
the guy, yeah, the so guy did, knows his stuff. <laughs> he did that on, on himself. He wasn't able to finish it. Um, I guess there were some complications with the hernia surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually he died a year later. But <laughs> hopefully unrelated. But many, <laughs> many people lived on with his legacy <laughs> stitched onto their skin. Would you be mad? <laughs> Do you think I? I kind of would be. Just imagine you look, you like are recovering from surgery, and it just says like Smith <laughs> in stitches. Did you sign my body? <laughs> like, like that seems like something you need to ask somebody to do. Yeah. Hey, do you care if I sign my work? Excuse me. It'll make you more valuable. I'm pretty big. <laughs> That is really funny. So he went the... It's very sneaky. Like, yeah. nobody's going to know. A, a dash, then a dot, exactly. then a dash. It's very sneaky. So a couple more. The rest of these, real quick, are... The fact that there are so many of these. Oh, there's a lot. Wow. There's a lot. Um, a couple of these, or the rest of these people, none of them are doctors. Oh, that's a fun twist. So, <laughs> uh, Boston Corbett was a man famous for... Oh. Killing the man who killed Abraham Lincoln. So he's the one that Got killed it. John Wilkes Booth. Okay. Boston Corbett. Boston and he, Corbett. something else that he's famous for, <laughs> is he t- is taking scripture literally. Ah. Uh, oh. Ah. Uh, yeah. Are you thinking of the verse that I'm about to say? Yeah. If your eye causes you to sin, pluck no, it out. I, no, 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 no. Not his eye, though. Okay. If, so the verse, if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. If you're... So he performed self-castration as to not give in to the temptations of the local prostitutes. Oh my goodness. So this man this man goes and kills John Wilkes Booth. Probably, I'm, th- I'm thinking the same day, castrates himself. <laughs> and then, according to legend, he went and had a nice dinner and then went to the hospital. <laughs> to get- what? <laughs> so this guy... Wow. Very intense fellow. Then, yeah. Very driven fellow. People of history are so odd. <laughs> what are people going to say about... People and just people. People are odd. are odd. The things they do. Let's rename this podcast. People are odd. That's actually not bad. We should start a new podcast. Honestly, people are odd. The second competitive podcast in the world. <laughs> the world's second. And it's only competing to find the oddest person. That could get insulting pretty quick. <laughs> this is the dumbest person. <laughs> Today is Boston Corbett versus Timothy Dexter. <laughs> okay, so the last person that we're going to talk about who has perform self-surgery on themselves is a mother in Mexico. Oh. Who perf- <laughs> a mother of four. She was pregnant again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of out in the middle of nowhere. No doctors around. About to give birth. She had to perform a C-section on herself. Oh, wow. Not good. But she survived. Baby survived. Wow. Um, after, <laughs> after getting... After eventually the doctors were able to come. But... Do you think they got there and looked down like, and uh, were like, you probably <laughs> should <laughs> maybe, maybe consider waiting next time. Well, she couldn't, I guess. I don't, yeah, I, I'm I don't sure know much about the birthing process. Yeah. Also, just as a, she's like, I've already done this four times. I, I can do a C-section. 
It's fine. <laughs> She's talking. <laughs> you going to the dance marathon? And uh, if she if she had a C section before, it's probably just like tracing where the 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 scar yeah from before. So cut from where? To, oh, oh, I've got the line. Yeah, there we go. From just here trace. to here. I guess she's got guidelines, but I imagine it gets much more complicated after the cut. No, I think it's pretty cut and dry. Pretty simple. But it's not super dry. <laughs> it is cut. Right. I bet it's pretty cut. So <laughs> This is a weird episode. <laughs> I love it. So there's there you have it. Self-surgery. Some doctors. Oh, yeah. There's, there's, a, there's a bunch of other stories of, uh, you can find if you just Google self-surgery. I don't think I will Google that. That's okay. Do you, did you Google it? Oh, yeah. Oh. Here's the lesson I've learned from your topic. Don't be a doctor because then you won't have one to help you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think doctors work together. I think it's like a, I'm the doctor in this town. It's like this town ain't big enough for two doctors. Most of the stories, it's like, okay, pick one doctor, send them off. Everything will work perfectly unless that doctor has an issue. Well, a lot of times nowadays... Two doctors. Yes. Redundancy, redundancy, redundancy. Redundancy, redundancy. Nowadays, they only send doctors anywhere. If I ever get my doctor certificate, I am not going alone. I think they send, like all these scientists you're talking about, uh -huh. doctors. They're all doctors. They're all doctors. I'd much rather get my scientist certificate than your doctor's. doctor certificate. <laughs> I've known that for a while, though. Okay. <laughs> Just confirmed today. Okay. Do not want yeah. a doctor certificate. Yeah. I think I would agree. So there you have it. So there you have it. That's pretty good. That was fun. Where do you... No, you never tell me. Where do you find this stuff? Can you tell me about this one? Or do you just think of it? Okay. I first... I'm not going to tell you my source. <sighs> Because it's a newer one. That really? There's some good stuff. You're finding in. new sources? Yeah. I've got to step up my game. Um, and this one I found out about Leonid Rogosov. Mm. And then you know you know I had to dig deep. Oh, of course. You know I had to cut in and perform this research myself. Of course. <laughs> I was not going to wait for anybody else to do it for me. So <laughs> I went ahead and did it. Nice. You did what had to be done. And I lived to tell the tale. Wow. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, today be thankful that you don't have to operate on yourself. And pray that tomorrow you won't. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. <laughs> yeah. Sleep tight. Okay. Uh, why don't you give people a quick. What do you, uh, what do you call it? I'm a, blanking. A recap? A recap. Tell well, people why well, they should vote for you. Yeah. So I list, I, there's some cool places out there, you guys, some cool places in the world. And I've always been of the mindset that places get a little bit cooler if you have to get to them <laughs> illegally. <laughs> or you know what I'm saying, like something's fun, but then if it's fun and it says off limits or don't go past the sign, then mm -hmm. it's like, I really want twice the fun. I would like to be back there right now. <laughs> And, you know, that's what this my topic was. Snake Island, don't go there. Oh, yeah. I bet I will. That'll Watch be a story. Um, seed Vault, slightly less interesting or dangerous. Very interesting. Less dangerous. But I'd, I'd go there because I can't. Uh, youngest Island, 
Super fun. Can't go there. But you want to. Okay. You done? Let me let me give a some You're sort done. of call to action here. You're done. Vote for me to is a, a vote for me is a vote for the planet Earth. I'm done. <laughs> okay. While Caleb is encouraging trespassing, <laughs> I am inspiring you with heroic stories of people that have done what it takes to survive, or at least in the case of Leonid Rogosov, have done what it takes to survive. And also learned from people's tough spirits, they can do things that seem hard, Mm. even in the midst of situations that don't require it sometimes. (laughs) So really, this episode is people versus place. People versus he places. Nature. Yeah. Man versus nature. Man versus nature. The man versus his inner demons. Wow. <laughs> versus snakes. <laughs> Doctor Kane versus naked man in the bathtub. <laughs> um, what is the punishment? The punishment this episode makes me laugh. The punishment this week. Is okay, so we've kind of separated them in the punishment <laughs> ideas into categories. So yep. we've got categories physical punishments, we've got emotional torture, yep, or physical pain, rather physical pain, physical pain, emotional torture, and endurance, endurance punishments. So backwards 5k, endurance, endurance, Josiah's ice bath, physical, physical pain. pain, um, reading Moby Dick. Emotional, emotional torture. torment <laughs> torture yeah for so, both me and moby <laughs> or whatever how the far guy's are you? name is um, you not very along? far okay it's a very it's long a book okay yeah i'll report back next year okay sounds good <laughs> love to hear it um so today for this episode we're gonna go with the emotional torture yeah one of our favorite genre <laughs> we love it here at the <laughs> learn me something studios <laughs> So this punishment is that you have to destroy one of your favorite shirts. (laughs) (laughs) But the fun part—the fun part about this—is you get to choose how you destroy it. (laughs) I think burning is fun. Destroy one of your favorite shirts. I love it. So that's good. That's it. It's a pretty simple one. Won't take too long. Just there to make you sad. (laughs) (laughs) So vote for me. Vote for nature. Nature Vote always for me. wins. Vote for inspiration. Vote for the human spirit. The triumph of the human spirit. Vote for Vote in- for the motherland. Vote for intrigue. Vote for freedom. Vote for me and my favorite shirt. <laughs> a vote for me is a vote for Yeah, vote for whoever you think has a better favorite shirt. <laughs> vote for whoever you think needs to make better fashion choices. <laughs> oh, wait, but for the other person. Rather. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Exactly. You got any final thoughts? No, I think we're ready to wrap okay. this one up. We will see the people in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening. Yeah. S- play us out, Larry. <laughs> <laughs>